hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by our great sponsors. BoldGrid works as a suite of plugins designed to help you create WordPress websites faster and easier than ever. BoldGrid will improve your workflow by providing direct access to free themes, page templates, photography, design elements, forms, galleries, and much more right from your dashboard. And the Bold Grid page builder allows you to easily drag and drop and edit this content as you see fit, all without having to use shortcodes. To learn more, head over to buildpodcast.net slash boldgrid. That's buildpodcast.net slash B-O-L-D-G-R-I-D. If you like building things on the internet, especially e-commerce things, check out the Open Jobs with Prosperous. They are a small but friendly bunch that loves building software for entrepreneurs. They're the company behind WooCommerce Subscriptions, a plugin with thousands of users. But that's just the beginning. Prosperous has some new products in the works, and they're looking for talented folks to help them. If you dream of working in your pajamas, sipping macchiatos at your favorite cafe, or while soaking up the sun in Costa Rica, you can make it happen. Prosperous is a distributed company with employees all over the world. They offer some neat benefits like stock options, hardware allowance, and professional development. But the best benefit is the autonomy to do your best work, however you work best. If this sounds like your kind of gig, check out their open positions at buildpodcast.net slash prosperous. That's buildpodcast.net slash P-R-O-S-P-R-E-S-S. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, I'm honored to have my good friend and guest, Tom McFarlane. Tom, how are you? I am doing well, Joe. How are you, man? I am fantastic. It is, it's a uh, warmer than weather January, uh, warmer yes. weather than usual January as we record this. So uh, I'm very happy about that. So today, we are going to talk about uh, one of your plugins, right? Page Template Dashboard. Yeah, it's terribly named, but I'm excited to talk. About, I mean, I'm excited to be on the show. And I'm excited to talk about it, but it's definitely uh, this is a this is a terribly named plugin that we'll talk a little bit more uh, later in the show that ended up turning out to be something people wanted more than I realized. Nice. Well, name aside, I'm excited to talk about it too. We, now we we just recently met in real life for the first time, but. We met through Envato, I think, right? Like we were both writing tutorials for them at some point. I think that is right. I know. That, and I don't know. I've been I've written tutorials for them on and off since 2011. And now I do mm -hmm. help edit code and game development posts. So nice. and I still write when I have the chance. But last year I did a lot of writing this year. I'm going to rein it back in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think that's where our paths crossed the first time. There or Twitter or both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about who you are and then um, kind of how you came up with the idea for page template dashboard? 
Okay, sure. So as Joe mentioned, my name is Tom McFarlane. I am on Twitter at Tom McFarlane, and you can find my blog at TomMcFarlane.com or TomMcFarlane.blog. It all redirects hey. to the same place, but, you know, it's there. I blog pretty much every single day about some aspect of professional WordPress development. Now, what does that entail? Because that can cast a pretty wide net. Uh, the short answer is that I try to take a computer science-based approach or a software engineering-based approach into tackling problems in WordPress. Now, when I say problems in WordPress, I don't mean like, oh, WordPress has a problem or a bug and we're going to apply all of this enterprise level methodology and here's how we're going to fix. I don't mean that at all. I tend to treat WordPress actually as a black box and I build solutions for other people uh, for a living and for, for fun. Well, for fun is profit is all the cool kids say. <laughs> and then I, I, see, I, I treat WordPress as a black box and then I build solutions for others on top of it. And then sometimes I will write about my thoughts, my perspectives, or how I tackled a problem, why I tackled it a certain way, or how I handle things in a certain way. My background is in computer science. Before even working with WordPress, I was working with professionally with .NET, building web applications for a, a large internet company here in Atlanta. And then when I went self-employed, I was doing some web development or web application development, really using Ruby on Rails and a little bit of WordPress. And then over the course of really a year, maybe a year and a half, WordPress demand began to outpace work for Rails. So I shut down Rails uh, or the work that I was doing on Rails and focused solely on WordPress, rebranded the company as Pressware. And that is what I do now in order to uh, to make a living. So I like to write about it. I like to so I like to write words. I like to write code and I like to do podcasts. Nice. Very nice. And you do, you have like several different blogs that you write on, right? Yes. And to be clear, I didn't set out and say, you know, I'm going to write on two or three blogs. When I started blogging, I didn't start daily. I started, I think it was like, oh no, it was once a week. Then it was three times a week. Then it was five times a week. And it's just been that way ever since. And then people began to ask me about what apps do you like for this? And how do you manage your time? And, and, this, that, or the other about self-employment and how do you organize this kind of stuff? And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm writing a lot of emails about this same stuff. Maybe I'll just turn some of this stuff into a blog. So I wrote, I started, I spun up another blog. I write on it about once or twice a week and it covers these kind of topics. And it's at heyimtom.com because I am so creative when it comes to naming things as we've already established. <laughs> and that's where I write about that kind of stuff. Nice. So that's a, that's a great piece of advice for people who are looking to blog more, right? Take questions that people are asking you and uh, instead of writing up an email, maybe convert it to a blog post and, and, and go and publish it. Yes. If you get if you are getting the same email from a variety of different people or maybe the same kind of tweet or if you're on Facebook and you're getting the same kind of question, that's where you, maybe you've found a niche that you've got something figured out that other people want to be able to figure out or want to be able to apply and then you can use that as the foundation or the inspiration behind a blog post or a blog, an entire blog. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So let's turn our attention to a uh, page template dashboard. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and you know what, what gave you the idea for it? Okay. So page template dashboard, <laughs> if you look for it in the uh, WordPress plugins repository, you'll find the subtitle being an easy way to 
an easy way to see which templates your pages are using without having to view the page editor. And the whole idea behind it was at some point in time, I was working on a very large WordPress project. And this project had a ton of pages. And these pages, that not only did it have a ton of pages, there were a, a panoply of templates. And in order to see which template was being used, I had to keep going into each page and editing it and checking out the meta box to be like, which template is being used here so that I could go through and either improve, debug, or change, modify. I didn't want to break anything. So basically, I was trying to just accumulate information. And yeah, there are definitely ways to do this outside of creating a plugin. But once you've done that, you think, surely I am not the only one with this problem. So I wrote this incredibly small plugin. And I think I stuck it on GitHub years ago. And just as a as a place to store it, I didn't plan on it gaining any traction. I didn't plan on it. And it that still doesn't really have that much traction. I mean, it's got like a thousand active installs, but I do get emails and, and questions for feature requests and things about it. So out of those people, someone's using it and someone wants features. So there's that. But <laughs> what it does is if you go into your admin area of WordPress and you click on all pages, you will see in the list view an entire, uh, there'll be an entirely new column and it will give you the name of the template that's being used for a given page. And if a template isn't being used, then it just says default. So you know, hey, this is using the default template that comes with the theme. Nice. So you, you built this out of kind of a need for yourself. So was there any research that really went into it or did you just kind of code it up and put it out there? No, I, I did. I did not do any research in terms of, hey, is there something already out there like this? Because the, the reason that the reason or the whole catalyst for this was I was really deep in the weeds on this. I was up against a deadline and I had really hacked together this hodgepodge set of functions and was using it to help return a collection of the templates that were being used for a given page. And it didn't look good. There was no user interface. It was just dumping things out into a uh, into a log file that I was looking at. And then I thought, hmm, maybe somebody would want this in a prettier way. So then I formalized it into a plugin, and I tried to use far more. I did not use just hacked function hacky functions and and uh, writing things out to a log file. It actually uses proper conventions and and hooks and filters and actions and things like that uh and then it uses the wordpress api to generate the stuff that you see on the screen nice very nice and what was kind of i know that you so you put it out on github mm -hmm. you eventually decided to submit it to the the wordpress repo were you getting a lot of were you getting a lot of like requests to put it on the repo is that what no and to be honest i debated whether or not to even bother putting it on the repository mm -hmm. but um, what was happening was the activity that was going on with it in on GitHub. I don't remember because I have another. There's another plugin that's also poorly named that's on GitHub that was getting kind of a flurry of activity. And I think around this time, I needed page template dashboard. I cloned the repository and I thought, oh, my gosh, this looks awful. And that is a, and that's because when I wrote it, I was not where I am today. And if I look at you know, give me two years, let's re-record this. I'll tell you, I can't believe I thought that that was great. But the point is that I've been, I, I've got a, a much wider arsenal of tools. I'm much stricter about coding standards and things like that now. So I introduced 
localization, better coding standards. I did semi-object-oriented programming. Now, I am a fan of that. I will not go down that rabbit hole because that is not the podcast for this. There are still ways in which it could be refactored, but I uh, when once I noticed there was some activity on it on GitHub, I thought, let me just put this in the repository and see how it does. And so I put it in and I updated it about a month ago. And at the time of this recording, like you said, it's it's uh, about mid-January. So at the time of the recording, there's about a thousand active installs. It's got six five-star ratings out of six. So if you're listening to this and you use it, please go rate it because six out of a thousand <laughs> is like, I mean, come on. But anyway, yeah. or, or but, but, but seriously, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that I am in the process of building a small suite of tools called blogging plugins that I'm going to talk about later this year on my blog or on a podcast or wherever someone asks me about it. <laughs> and, uh, and that's not a hint hint, but that is just to say that um, this was kind of a, let me see if you're a blogger, let's see if this is something that you would use. Cause I do have a few other plugins that uh, I've, I have had someone else adopt cause I'm trying to clear my plate of all the stuff I'm working on. And make room for these blogging plugins. And it looks like even something like page template dashboard has a small amount of demand for, Hey, like I want to get some, I, this is something I could use in my set of tools. So that's why it's in the repository. It was basically to gauge demand. Gotcha. Very nice. And so maybe in lieu, uh, well, I, I guess first we'll ask, you know, I always like to ask if there's, if you're part of a mastermind group or if there's people that you get advice from about business and direction. So, so maybe we can talk about how, you know, you're kind of scratching your own itch with the page template dashboard, mm. but you're, you're building out this bigger tool. And do you have any thoughts for, or ideas for building a business around that? Yes. And so there's a couple of questions that you asked and I'll give them, I'll give some short answers and then we'll come back to this last one. First, mm -hmm. I'm not part of a mastermind. That's not from there was an invitation. There was a lot of thought. There was a lot of discussion. I mean, I asked, I probably like interrogated the person who invited me into theirs. <laughs> they put up with me. Let's put it that way. They put up with all my questions. <laughs> and I ultimately decided that at this point in time, it wasn't right for me. But I do have a small group of people around me who I talk to regularly. I run ideas by or I'll try to help them. It's kind of all mutual and then I do have, there are some people with respect to business that I will talk to. First off, my dad has, my mom and dad started their business when they were 40 and they're in a completely different industry. But it's funny how there are some principles in business that transcend industries. And then I have some other friends, uh, some who are listening may also be familiar with guys like Chris Lemma and Josh Eaton with of Reactive Studios with Andrew Norcross. Those are two guys who I talk to a good bit with respect to business. Sometimes it's questions. Sometimes it's just as they, you know, shooting the breeze, as they say. And then there's sometimes it's like, hey, there's a you just kind of stumble into something by accident. Now, that is not something I would never that's like throwing darts or that's like throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks. Now I don't recommend that mm. as a strategy. That's, that's, that's not a strategy. That's just like, Hey, I hope I find luck. I do think it's important to have people who are further down the road than you, who can mentor you or who are willing to answer questions for you and give you advice. And I do have some other people in my life who are in the tech industry. They work in different segments 
but they are people who I have like a weekly or a monthly call with. And sometimes it's to talk business. Sometimes it's actually to talk personal life, which is something, you know, that like mentorship is not just relegated to a, it doesn't have to be relegated to a single or dedicated to a single silo. And uh, you, the very last part of the question that you asked, can you repeat that, please? Yeah. So you mentioned that page template dashboard is hopefully going to be part of this uh, kind of bigger idea that you have. Mm -hmm. Are there any, have you thought about ways to kind of build a business around that or do you have a clear direction for that i guess so for the for for blogging plugins in general yes i have a business plan i have a mission i have a vision all of that stuff could be spouted out and shared and plastered on the walls and all of that kind of stuff like when it comes to the stuff that people say you should have for a business and you know some people i'm not saying you got to have like a nine page business plan document it could be a mm-hmm. like it could be a four bullets of here's how the business is going to be structured. Yes. For blogging plugins, I absolutely have that for this particular plugin. No, but you will find other plugins that I have like easier excerpts, scheduled post shortcut, things like that. Those are all part of what will eventually be blogging plugins. Now I'm not going to do like, Hey, they're free right now. And then you got to pay later. Some things are going to be free, but there will be some things that will be premium and all of that will be discussed a little bit later because there are some things that are in development right now. And in case things change between now and when I release them, I don't want to say, hey, this is what's coming down. the this yeah. You can expect this plugin, and then that plugin never sees a light of day. Right, right. Cool. Very cool. Well, uh, very excited to see uh, that when it, when it comes out. So let's get to the, uh, you know, we're a little over 15 minutes here, and we got to get to the title question. Sure. Especially excited to ask you this because... I love your blog, especially you talk about the tools and things that you use for it. So how did you build a page template dashboard? And this could be like coding methodology, or it could be uh, the tools that you used to actually build this plugin. Sure. So the methodology, I, I, I prefer the object-oriented paradigm. Now, if you were to look at the source code for this, you would say, this is something like pseudo- Oh, oh. And that is because of the nature of the plugin. Like when it's something that's free and you are juggling a variety of other responsibilities, you have to draw a line in the sand and say, this is as far as I can go with it. So the in, in terms of the paradigms, I did use object-oriented programming and everything kind of starts off in, for me, you know, after it starts off in, in someone's head, I, I draw it out <laughs> and I sketch it out on a piece of paper. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I sketch the user interface. I also will sketch out the architecture or the class diagram for how different components of the plugin are going to work together. And then I get to work. Now, in terms of things this has, has changed over time, like I've begun, uh, I, I began to use Composer last year for dependency management. So I will use um, PHP Code Sniffer to find problems in the code. And I do use the WordPress coding standards. I know that there is some debate between on like, uh, should you use the WordPress coding standards or should you use the PHP standards? And that's a fun conversation to have, but not for right now. And in terms of other tools, there's not a whole lot going on in terms of presentation. So like your client side languages, I don't have any of that, but it is internationalized. And, and I know that now WordPress has just in time translations, but before they had that, I was using, uh, I, I was using um, PoEdit or PoEdit as some people refer to it as, and that's a 
fantastic piece of software that makes it really easy to create internationalization files so other people can localize your plugin. So right now, the suite of tools that I use are PHP Code Sniffer with the WordPress coding standards. I am, have grown to love the Visual Studio Code IDE. I use Composer. And I guess really, I mean, I use Git for source control. And I do like Tower, although I, there are times where I will just default to using the terminal. And when it comes to the WordPress plugin repository, Subversion is what they use so that's the source control I use whenever I'm submitting it there or updating gotcha. it there. So that actually leads to a, a great follow-up question. So you need to use Subversion for submitting a plugin mm -hmm. to the WordPress repo. Mm -hmm. uh, could you talk about that process a little bit? Because it's if you're coming from Git or not no version control whatsoever, you know, it could seem a little bit convoluted. Yes. So normally if you're coming from Git, using Subversion, you're probably going to find people who have a love-hate relationship with it. And I, and I get it, but... Each of them are just different ways of managing source control and whatever works best for you and or your team, stick with that. But if, mm -hmm. if you've never submitted anything to the WordPress plugin repository, the idea of source control or version control can sound really intimidating. And when you have to learn these these commands, like when you go to the page, if I remember correctly, it shows you these several commands that you have to enter in a terminal and all of a sudden you are. You're like, I just I just learned to write enough PHP to make something happen in WordPress. Now I gotta hop in a terminal and submit these things. And there's these <laughs> retina ready assets, and there's these uh, a lower res version of the assets, and, and and then there's a trunk folder, and I don't know if that's like an elephant trunk or the trunk of a car, and there's tags <laughs> and branches, and what does this have to do with trees? And you know, it just gets really <laughs> convoluted really, really quick. And I think that that is sad because I think it can scare some people off. And Unfortunately, programmers are notorious for – we say naming things is really hard, and it is. And then when we go and we name things, we don't make it any easier on trying to bring people into what it is that we're doing. So for those who are trying to submit a plugin into the WordPress plugin repository, first find – if you're comfortable with the terminal and you're familiar with the concept of version control, you probably won't have any problem. But – if you are intimidated, don't be afraid to ask on Twitter or don't be afraid to look on, I don't want to say just Google anything because you will find some bad articles, but like the WordPress Stack Exchange or there are a number of people who blog regularly who write about how to do this. And I would say, you know, tweet them or email them, read their posts, things like that, and then get a... Try to get a formal understanding of what it is that you're actually doing before you're shooting your code into a repository because eventually someone's going to download your code. They're going to find a bug and then you're going to have to update it and you're not going to be sure how to do it and what to do and you may trash something by accident. And that's completely normal. It happens to all of us, but the first time it happens, it just doesn't – it sucks. It, it just mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. You get this feeling in the pit of your stomach and whatever. And so – the, the process for it, in my opinion, is since WordPress, since the repository uses subversion, I think that the guide for how to do it could be a little more fleshed out in terms of submitting your first plugin using Tortoise SVN if you're on Windows or using versions of Cornerstone if you're on Mac or using the command line if that's what you prefer. And then walking you through a hypothetical example. And then giving you maybe a sandbox to play with. But we don't have that. So the next best thing is to talk to people. 
And there are plenty of people who are willing to help. I know that there's people who will, they'll introduce snark or they'll ignore you or whatever. And, and you know, that's unfortunate. That's how it is though. So, but when you find that person or those people, don't be, don't, don't be afraid to ask. No, it never hurts to ask. And most of the time people are willing to help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 100%. You know, it's the worst thing. The worst thing that could happen when you ask somebody is they say no, and then you move on to the next person. But mm-hmm. the community is very willing to help each other. So definitely don't be afraid to ask somebody. Right. Agreed. So we are, we've got a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we've talked about the transformations a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you have any plans for the future with this plugin? At the moment, like literally I have the source code up in front of me. I would like to improve the architecture of the plugin a little bit. I'm My hands are tied somewhat by the base limitations of PHP uh, or the, the the minimum required version of PHP. I, but I would like to make some improvements to the code and also to the, well, both in terms of the architecture and some things I would like to introduce. Uh, in terms of features, you know, I don't necessarily have a whole lot I'd like to add. Showing the name of the template is great, but also showing the path to the template I think would be helpful and possibly even even linking to that to um, the template in a file system could help developers. But I, I really do want to strike a balance between is this a plugin for developers or is it a plugin for bloggers or is it a plugin for just anyone who uses WordPress for any need? But I definitely know that I want to stay away from introducing like an options page. I love, mm-hmm. love, love the activate and go. I don't like if you if there's no knobs to turn and buttons to press and settings pages like I, the, my favorite kind of plugins are those that just work after you activate them. And so that's a little bit of a longer answer. So, you know, I there are features that I am considering. There's architecture decisions that I'd like to make and I'd like to revisit. But I do know that one thing I don't want to do is start introducing settings pages. That's a definitive answer I can give. Gotcha. I, uh, again, I agree completely. You know, I know that some plugins require a settings page for whatever reason, but the more plugins where I could just hit activate and then just be done with it are just my favorite kind. So yeah, cool. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap up here then with the last question. My favorite question to ask, do you have any trade secrets for us? Oh man, I am sitting on a stockpile and it has taken me years (laughs) and years to accumulate because when you're working in the open source economy where everything you do is out in the open for everyone to see, it is the easiest thing in the world to keep secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I wish I had something clever to say. As far as trade secrets are concerned, the best advice I can give Regardless of if uh, this is really for people who are probably just starting with plugins or getting ready to market their first, not market even, but release their first plugin. There are two pieces of advice. One, find someone to help get the word out about it. Case in point, at this point, there has been a commenting plugin out for some time called Postmatic. You can find it at gopostmatic.com. It's a commenting plugin that makes it really easy to respond to blog comments via email. That is, someone leaves a comment on your WordPress blog, you get it in your inbox, you can reply, you never have to hop into your dashboard. That's awesome. They have a lean version that was just launched called Repliable, and it's the leaner version of that plugin. 
and it was covered by WP Tavern. It will probably be covered by Post Status and some other podcasts or to uh, other blog other other blogs to promote it. Find some people that will help get the word out about it. The second thing is plugins are more than code. Like stop thinking like a developer and start thinking like a user and think when you go looking for a plugin and it comes down to two plugins that do the same thing and one has a really nice icon and a really nice header image and the readme seems to be really well formatted. It's written in everyday language. It sounds like you know something that your friend or family member might say or explain versus this jargon and this these these bright colors created in some type of bitmap what which one are you going to go with so work with a you know if if you got to if you got to pull up the money pay a designer to help you come up with a brand and or have someone do some uh, copy editing or just reading through what you've written and then release it because having a really nice icon and a really nice header image and a really, and, and really well-written copy that goes a long way in the entire end to end experience from, Hey, which plugin do I want to clicking activate? And so one, find someone to help you get the word out about it. And two, have a designer and or copy editor you know, and I use that in quotes to help you proof what you're about to push out for other people to see, because the experience is not just after it is installed. It's when they are looking for the for the plugin itself. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic advice. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I had a blast. I know that there have been some fantastic guests on this show, and I feel honored to be I feel honored to be one of them. I feel like I'm in some company that are Far better than me. So I'm 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 proud. <laughs> that's well that's basically how I feel about all of my guests. I'm very humbled that people like you and the rest of my guests come on the show and talk to me. So thank you again. Hey everybody. Do you want to get out there and build something with WordPress? In my new course, How to Build WordPress Themes, a web designer's guide, I teach you just that. In the course, we'll learn how to take a static HTML site and convert it into a fully functional WordPress theme and plugin. We'll start with a little bit about PHP and how it works. We'll explore some great tools like underscores, and then we'll take a static site and convert it to a WordPress theme. You'll become familiar with underscores. You'll learn how to customize blog posts, pages, header and footer areas, and create custom menus and widgets. You'll build a plugin, and you'll even learn how CMB2, a popular WordPress tool for adding custom information, works. And for a limited time, How I Built It listeners can get 20% off. Just go to buildpodcast.net slash Udemy. That's buildpodcast.net slash U-D-E-M-Y. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks to our great guest and fantastic sponsors. If you liked the show, please rate it and subscribe on iTunes, in Google Play, or whatever your podcast app of choice is. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out at howibuilt.it. And finally, until next week, get out there and build something.